During this episode, we chat with Narendra Singh, co-founder and CEO of LookDeep Health, an innovative company leveraging AI and computer vision to revolutionize virtual care in the hospital. Motivated by his mother's harrowing healthcare journey, Narendra brings an outsider's perspective to solving systemic access issues of continuously monitoring patients that drive healthy outcomes. While together, Narendra shares how LookDeep Health enables hospital-wide video surveillance through affordable hardware and software while nudging providers' attention via AI. Narendra unpacks the virtual command center experience for clinicians and feedback from nurses who feel they finally have more access and resources with LookDeep's technology. We also discuss the measured approach to implementing human and AI collaboration and the mindset shifts required in skeptical healthcare settings. Join us to gain inspiration from Narendra's passion for applying technology to ease care provider burdens and keep patients safe. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Narendra, a big, big welcome to our podcast today. Thanks for having me, Mike. Well, due to your work and passion for revolutionizing telemedicine by using advanced computer vision and AI technology to help hospitals continuously monitor all patients, cannot wait for our conversation today. But before we dive in, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Narinder, it's almost time for our community to learn how you and the Look Deep Health team are helping hospitals infuse telemedicine with AI and computer vision to be present for every patient at every moment. But first, what's that one piece of advice that you would give to others who are passionate about reimagining the health of our world? Mike, this is advice that I actually give for any entrepreneur across industry. We often will deal with setbacks, things that don't go well. And what's really important, we're often positioning and saying, explaining away why something worked or didn't work. But when you're alone and when you think about what happened, you have to fundamentally come and look at that moment and say, was this the cards I was dealt or how I played them? Because how you react and move forward from that moment is fundamentally different depending upon the answer to that question. And this is something you have to reflect internally when all the posturing is done, when all the positioning for external folks is out of the way to yourself, really thinking about that question and answering it honestly and truthfully allows you to take actions that can make you improve yourself and allow you to see the change that you want to make and have an impact. And I think there's no place that that's more relevant than when trying to change the healthcare industry. Narendra, for our audience, repeat that question one more time. That was powerful. So you have to look at the moment that maybe didn't go the way you wanted to, or it did, and say, was it the cards I was dealt or the way that I played them? And the answer to that question should drive how you think about taking experience away from that. That is absolutely powerful. It's incredible because at the end of the day, you know as well as I do, and we're gonna dive into it here after the commercial break. It is tough building innovation and building game-changing companies in healthcare. 
you guys are doing it at Look Deep Health. Again, we're going to dive into more of that on the other side of the commercial break. But you know as well as I do, it has not been a straight line for you and the team at Look Deep Health. And that's how you and the team framing that up. Is that part of your culture as a company as well? That question that you just shared with our community? I'd say this honest reflection is certainly a part of how we approach things. And we try to focus on the process. It's the Greg Popovich story. It's not the hundredth blow that broke the rock. It's hitting it every day. And so I think that's how we try to reflect it in our actions at work. And then we certainly encourage folks to think about that question on their own, because really the person you need to answer that most honestly for is yourself. Absolutely love it. Well, you're setting us up for a heck of a conversation today, Narendra. I cannot wait to continue to learn more on how you're thinking about moving healthcare forward. And of course, how you're doing it with your team at Look Deep Health. We're going to unpack all of that more after we get back from thinking our community champion sponsor. Located in Denver, Colorado's nationally ranked River North District, Catalyst is a healthcare innovation campus that brings together stakeholders from across the industry to accelerate innovation and drive real, lasting change our nation desperately needs. From established organizations to startups, from accelerators to advocacy organizations, and from medical schools to global companies, everyone at Catalyst works side-by-side to create, develop, refine, and bring to market cutting-edge innovations that will fundamentally transform healthcare as we know it. With industry leaders like Medical Group Management Association, Olive, Medical Solutions, UC Health, Cirrus MD, and many others calling Catalyst home, along with innovative pioneers visiting from across the nation, Catalyst continually fosters their foundational belief that collaboration and partnerships will move the healthcare industry forward. To virtually tour Catalyst and claim your space on campus or host an upcoming event, visit CatalystHealthTech.com or visit the top of the episode notes and click on their link. All right, we are back with Narendra Singh, co-founder and CEO at Look Deep Health. Narendra, you set the stage on the front end of this podcast. Love the energy, love the mindset, because again, you know as well as I do, it is tough moving into this industry for, but it is doable if we're thinking about it critically and if we truly understand how we can move forward in building game-changing innovations. You're asking yourself the right questions. I love how you set us up on the front end. So let's get after it. Let's talk about kind of your founder's journey, how this all came to be. You know, you aren't a traditional healthcare guy, which I personally just absolutely love. We need new, fresh thinking in this industry. We've been doing it the same way year in and year out for decades. And obviously, it's not getting us anywhere. We need to start thinking differently and having new and fresh minds come in. So we're going to talk about how you got into healthcare, what it's been like for you, why you launched your company, Look Deep Health, where things are today, where things are going tomorrow, and of course, how we can help you. But first, Narendra. Pull us back, you know, pull the cover up, show us a little bit behind the scenes of how this all came to be in the first place for you. Going all the way back, I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I moved out to the Valley at a time when technology was taking off and the internet. And I started my career being exposed by accident to this amazing innovation called the internet and started helping large companies adopt internet technologies, then went on to found a company, went on to join multiple startups, saw the rise and fall of things like dot coms. My last company, a company called Aperio, was the first investment Salesforce ever made. And we had a 12-year journey, raised $100 million, had a modicum of success, grew the company to about 1,200 people, but it was a decade-long experience. When that came to a close, when we were acquired, I decided I wanted to do something that had more of an impact on people. And so I decided to get into healthcare, but I didn't want to be just you know another douchey ex-founder who sold his company who was going to change the world in healthcare. So I went back to school and did a master's in translational medicine at UCSF in Berkeley, 
to learn about traditional medical devices. It was like for your older listeners, like Rodney Dangerfield and back to school, but not a school. And so got into that. And then after that, though, is when I really had my education in healthcare. I knew I wanted to do something in AI and healthcare and had gotten exposed to a lot through the program. Then my mom had interstitial lung disease. She went in for a biopsy to try to discover what branch and she developed ARDS and crashed in the hospital. And so all of a sudden we were in a very unexpected place. And for the next 12 weeks, she had to qualify for a lung transplant, have multiple tests and assessments, have ECMO to extend her journey where literally the function of your heart and lungs is taken out of your body and done by a machine temporarily. She eventually qualified for and was able to have enough time to get a successful bilateral lung transplant, multiple infections. All in, I spent thousand plus hours in the ICU and floor of the hospital watching and marveling about how her care worked. And for a case as complicated as hers, a thousand things had to go right for her to make it out. And so that's four and a half, five years ago, two grandkids later that I have that I look at every time I see them together and I'm thankful for the healthcare system that we have. At the same time, I was absolutely horrified by how technology supported that and how the burden we placed on the providers. You know this well, Mike, because of the work you do, is my favorite nurse was a woman named Meg, not because she was caring and compassionate, because almost all nurses are, but because when Meg did not have another patient, she was very good at spotting problems before they became severe. And in my mom's case, every one of those decisions was potentially the difference between life and death. Hey, is that wound oozing? Actually, that's an infection. We need to get you a consultant to the OR this afternoon. So I started thinking about why can't Meg be with my mom all the time? Then started thinking about why can't Meg be with everyone's mom all the time? And now you get to the trailer of the movie that is look deep in the technology we're trying to provide hospitals. Wow, what a setup to the story and how uh, look deep came to be. And so through that, Narendra, were you, was this something, of course, you know, that was an N of one, right, Meg? And that's powerful. But then, of course, as a seasoned entrepreneur, I'm sure you didn't stop at Meg, right? You probably went and learned a heck of a lot more because, you know, as well as I do, it's one of the death nails for a lot of founders or go build something and then find a home, right? That's not how this game works. We need to f- find the problems and solve for those problems. So, yes, that was an end of one with Meg. But did you notice a trend line when you went out there and started speaking to the other Megs of the world? Yeah, let me talk about the trend lines in a couple of dimensions. The first is that even in 12 weeks in the hospital, the end is every nurse that you see and you don't see. And the realization that many who haven't spent time there is that the doctor is in your room maybe 10 minutes a day. A nurse on the floor is in your room maybe one or two hours out of a shift of 12. So that means for most of the day, by time, the patient is unobserved. At the same time, you hear every doctor and nurse you talk to that says, I just saw the patient and understood something was wrong. So that you see that the information we have right now is not enough alone. So that was kind of first point of, This is a systemic issue of it's impossible for a doctor or nurse to provide their expertise when they're not in the room with you, right? When they're with other patients. So that was just the simple first principles of what's there. Zooming out, we talked to a lot of folks and we started looking at the United States has an aging population. By 2060, the number of people over 65 will double. So that means rising patient acuity in hospitals. Also, we've diverted less acute patients into non-acute care settings, naturally. At the same time, staffing is flat or declining. So now we have this massive imbalance between the staffing capacity of hospitals and the acuity of patients. And this is all before COVID. COVID then accelerated and brought this to a head in dramatic ways that we all know. So it became very obvious that the problem of this imbalance is the defining problem for hospitals over the next decade. Now, how we solve that and our role in that 
is the next chapter. But there's no doubt that something has to change, else we are going to simply provide worse and worse care for people who are in the most need. So in experiencing that with your mother, experiencing that with Meg, and then, of course, understanding that the broader trend lines of what the issues are in our system, here comes Look Deep Health. So give us a little bit of look in of how it came to be and why you launched. And of course, give us that elevator pitch. Who is Look Deep Health? So ultimately, and you did a great job at the top of the show, we want to help hospitals be present for every patient at every moment. It's the most acute scenario you can find yourself in is to be in the hospital. It's the one place in your life that you want to know somebody's paying attention to you. And so that's ultimately our mission is to help hospitals provide that kind of care to every patient in the hospital. Now, let's get to the reality of things. We know there's lots of innovations in healthcare that improve outcomes, but also cost more. I just talked about this imbalance, which is ultimately the problem that we're focused on. So we first started saying, well, how can we actually apply this solution to hospitals? We learned that video was very expensive. So typical video solutions will cost five, ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 per room. The RAI magic can never get applied if it's that expensive to get deployed. So we then built hardware. And I'm holding it up for you. I know your listeners can't see, but we built hardware. And the purpose of building that hardware was so that we could give away that component for free so that it could be deployed widely to allow for AI to happen. So that was one big aha moment is that we needed to make it easier to absorb our innovation, else we'd be sitting in very niche scenarios. The second part was, again, we looked at where video was already used with or without AI, really without, and we found places like EICU, virtual sitting, virtual nursing wasn't even a thing yet, but you saw these scenarios where people were thinking about video. And so we said, well, why are there six different video solutions for one, 2% of the population each? There should be a platform that allows you a single solution for all of the inpatient environment. So that was innovation number two, is that we needed to deliver a solution that could be deployed to 100% of rooms and could be done cheaply even before we got to the magic of our AI. So our solution today has three components, one-to-many monitoring of patients. So a virtual sitter, a virtual nurse, a virtual doctor can observe many patients at once and have the AI nudge them towards the ones they should pay attention to. The second is mobile applications for care providers. So from anywhere, as long as their hospital allows it, do video visits with their patients who are in the hospital, see what's going on beyond what's in the EHR minute by minute. And the third component is what we call Family Care Connect, which enables the hospital to control access, but family members to visit their loved ones with the same infrastructure without burdening the nursing staff, without having the nurses have to be tech support for the video infrastructure. So those three components make up how we think about a solution that's ubiquitous and has value even before we get to the true differentiator of the company, which is the artificial intelligence component. Let's go to the true differentiator as well, because that's a powerful yep. setup. Go ahead and unpack that and what that means Great. for the end users. So what do we do? Our device has a couple of cameras, night vision, and it watches the patient at each moment. And what is it watching for? It's watching for things like, first of all, where are they? Are they in bed all day? Are they sitting in the chair? Are they walking around the room? There's a ton of information that's available just from that one metric. Like, you can imagine someone who had a hip surgery on Monday has an expected path that they're in bed and then they're not in bed and they're walking around more and more and then they're discharged. When you start comparing that path across all other people who had their hip surgery on day zero, you can start to really understand, are this person on the trajectory for discharge? Second is even if they're lying in bed the entire time, we are tracking their movement. So we are saying in the middle of the night, Mike, you had a terrible night. I can look at your night before. I can look at this night. You were moving around a ton. And then 
we can provide additional expertise on top of that, which I'll talk about the human component. And that also allows me to then translate that to the middle of the day. If you're lying in bed all day and not moving at all, you're at higher risk of pressure injury. So how can we nudge attention towards those scenarios? And that is the, the component that's very important. Our AI solutions are not about telling you what to do. Human plus AI is our model. It's just like self-driving cars. We've been talking about full self-driving cars for a decade, and they're still not there broadly, right? But we've had driver assist for 10 years. We've had the ability to say, hey, you're going into a lane where there's somebody coming. That's what we're deploying right now to hospitals. So that nurse or doctor can say, hey, for this patient, the fact that they were moving less last night makes sense because we changed their drug. Or for this other patient, what's happening here? We've had a change in an intervention. There's other context that's missing. So we allow for RAI to be powerful because we enable, from a process perspective, them to be part of the solution. And so that has a profound impact on being able to deploy the AI today, but it has the downside of our solution has to really be entwined into clinical workflows. It's not just an answer spitter outer. It's something that says, where does it make sense and how does it make sense for a virtual nurse to support the bedside nurse, for example? You took me exactly where I was going to make a comment on all of that. And renders we have this notion of alarm fatigue in healthcare, right? I also am seeing a lot of what I call window fatigue. They had another window on my machine that I have to look at. What does that look like for that end caregiver, the doctor, the nurse, or whoever it might be? What does that experience look like for them on the other side of this technology? Great question, because that part of thinking about their experience is what led us to the first statement of saying, instead of limiting screens, we should add no screens, no clicks, right? We should be a negative on clicks for the bedside team. So when we deploy the solution, our normal process is there's a virtual resource, a virtual sitter or virtual nurse who's using our solution across a broad set of patients. Then what's happening is the AI in there is nudging them to pay attention to this patient or that patient. They can evaluate the situation, decide it needs action. They may update the EHR or they may contact the bedside team and say, hey, Mike, your patient really is not moving at all today we should really look at their medications or we should put them on a pressure bundle. So the interface for you, the bedside team, is not some magic AI. It's a person. It's a nurse. It's a doctor. It's a virtual sitter. So we preserve your human interface so that we're reducing the change management impact on the bedside team, but expanding it with one of their own who's virtually their guardian angel. And of course, there are two questions in regards to the hardware. I just saw it. And of course, everybody can head over to the look deep website at lookdeep.health and see it for yourself. Not very invasive piece of hardware whatsoever. So two questions on each side of the technology. What's the feedback then from the patient? Is this not really invasive in their room or, and then, or what has that experience been like for them? And then how has the experience been for those caregivers? What's the feedback been getting? So a few things. I would say on the first side, the patient side, we get this question a lot and it's the one that obviously is the most personal to me, right? Given my mom's experience, but again, that's an N of one. And so each person and situation has their own setting. I think in specific use cases, there's already video in hospitals. So there's a lot of places where people can lean into that. I think as you start thinking about making it ubiquitous, it's important to proactively deal with the questions that are there. And one thing that we are in the process of potentially deploying is the family care component, because then they're part of the solution. So now you're like, hey, this actually gives you mom, dad, boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever, access to your loved one in a way you wouldn't have had before. And COVID gave us a taste of that, but we saw this where, you know, after COVID started to go away, the families were like, we want to do video visits. And the nurses were wondering, can we stop doing video visits? Because it was a burden to them. They had to be 
tech support for a bunch of AV equipment. It didn't make any sense. But the component had great value to families. So by leaning into what families and caregivers want, it's one of the clearest and easiest ways to make them part of the solution and not something that we're imposing on top of them. And that to me is fundamental to why I started the company. On the second part, on the caregiver side, the best compliment we get from people is like, oh, it's great. I think we hired a bunch more people. We have more resources now. Like it's almost invisible to them because what they're noticing is instead of pulling people like for virtual safety where sitters were previously deployed, they would either have sitters that were seen as, you know, not having a role in the caregiving process, but a distraction, or they were pulling PCAs or nurses assistants into the rooms and then those assistants couldn't help in other ways. So what they normally experience is that they feel like they have more resources back because their assistants aren't getting pulled or their patients are watched. They're like, you're helping me make sure my patients don't fall or my patients are not undertaking this risk. So the best case scenario for us is where the bedside team really feels like it's just almost a seamless experience to them and things just feel better. And they may or may not attribute it to our technology, but they're like, I like what we're doing as a system to support me at the bedside. That's wonderful feedback. Isn't that gratifying to get that feedback from those end users? Amazing. There's, There's nothing like it. Let's take the proverbial crystal ball off the shelf, Narendra. Let's look a little future state. You really want to look at two things. And you kind of mentioned it, right? COVID changed everything overnight. And in innovation and adoption of new technologies and new ideas, I feel is happening at a more rapid pace than ever. I've been in healthcare for quite some time and it's, you can just sense that change in the industry, which is good. So we're going to continue to see the rapidity of technology and innovation, just like Look Deep, come to healthcare. I'm all about it. So let's talk about what's happening on the macro. What are you and the team seeing over the next two to three years, three to five years in the industry? And then of course, where is Look Deep Health going to be in that future state as well? Yeah, I think there's a couple things and I won't proclaim to be a healthcare expert, but we work in acute care settings, right? So if you look at the world of technology innovation, a lot of it runs from healthcare because of the resistance to change. And even those that go into healthcare, they still run away from acute care settings like hospitals, especially if it's outside of processes like revenue cycle management or billing. So we feel often on an island of change. And it's, you know, one might argue it's the slowest portion of change. And in some ways, for good reasons, it's the most acute patients. But it's actually an incredible lab for innovation because you may have an adverse event happen once every six months when you're outside the hospital. The hospital has those things happening every day. So the ability for us to learn from what's happening in the hospital and apply that to transitions of care from the EICU to the floor of the hospital, from the floor of the hospital to hospital at home, from hospital at home to being okay. So we look at what we're doing with the hospital today as being a summary function of how do you get the best care when you have all the resources? And then how do you eventually identify the selective components of that care that apply to these other settings? So today we're 100% focused on acute care settings and that will continue, but we imagine those acute care settings will transition from just being inside of the four walls of the hospital to being hospital at home. And so that is a trend that we think is both exciting and we try to keep people in check. We still have 200 million patient days a year in the hospital Last year, the sum of all hospital at home was certainly less than 100,000, probably less than 10,000. So there's a room for the innovation inside the acute care setting, but there's absolutely a trend that we see happening. And we think the data we're collecting in the hospital will allow us to go from 2% of hospital at home patients to 5 and 10% of patients at home. So that's a macro trend that we really are paying close attention to. And our role in that is not to be a hospital at home provider, but use the knowledge and the data that we're building up 
to accelerate the capacity for hospital at home to go from one or 2% of patients to 10% or more of patients that could be taken care of at home. Love it. Good pragmatic look into where, you know, things are heading. There has been a bit of a hype cycle around hospital at home, but I think you kind of pragmatically set the stage and it's a good way to frame it up and also mention how Look Deep Health is going to be additive and helping with that movement. So really good look into a little bit of the future state. So we'll put that crystal ball back on the shelf for now, Narendra. We'll, we'll come back to current state. And, uh, you know, this podcast has an amazing community rallied around it and love to help our guests out just like yourself. So with that, what's one problem, need, or question that you and the team have that our community can be helping you with? Great. And I hinted this before. So we're still early as a company. We've deployed to four research partners. We have deployed to about eight different hospitals and growing quickly, right? However, as I mentioned, the community of people who are working on technology that helps clinical innovation inside of hospitals and acute care settings is very small. The community of investors, the community of practitioners, the community of people who know how to sell and help hospitals adopt change. So we are absolutely interested in folks who are passionate about that part of the healthcare spectrum, from investors to people who want to join the team, to people who are change agents inside their own institutions. That's the folks that we really want to network and connect with because we think it's such a small but powerful community in the broader healthcare ecosystem. Well, and those ones that uh, do want to connect and chat more about exactly all of that, how do they get a hold of you? Social media handles, websites, or otherwise? Sure. So lookdeep.health is our website. You can reach me on Twitter at Singh, S-I-N-G-H-N-S, or you can email me at Narinder, my first name, at lookdeep.ai. Easy enough. And for our listening community, just simply scroll on down to the episode notes in your favorite podcast player as you're tuning in to this episode. And all of those contact points for Narendra and the Look Deep team are in there. Or you can head over to our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. There will be a post for Narendra and this episode where you can leave comments, feedbacks, or otherwise, and find those contact points as well, again, over at passionatepioneers.com. Well, Narendra, we're going to wind it down. This has been a phenomenal, phenomenal conversation. But we have one more piece for you before we get out of here. It's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because... Because of my mom's experience. I mean, I knew I wanted to help people, but sitting there day in and day out and just watching her not expected to come home to watching her hold her grandkids, I want that experience for everybody where it's possible for them. And so that's what drives me to do this. I love it. Well, Narendra, thank you so much for coming and sharing your journey and how Look Deep Health is really getting after and making good trouble in the healthcare industry and moving us forward as we need it now more than ever. But Again, Narendra, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode. 